Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM and One Life Left now continues. This is One Life Left's video game book club. I'm Steve Curran and I'm joined by Simon Byron. Hello Steve. Hi Simon, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good, thank you. Very excited to be here again. And also Anne Scantlebury. Oh hi! Hi. <laughs> this is the first time all three of us have been together for the uh, book club. We're not continuing. The game book club. But we're also joined by our um, intrepid, I called them intrepid last week, I think that's fair. Dedicated. Last still... week we were adventuring. Studious. There we go. Guests. One of them is talking already, Steve. Uh, please welcome David, Keza, Matt, and Ed. Hi. And Hello. This week we're going to be talking about simulations. Three games about empowerment, empowering the user in order to be literally a god in populous. Yeah. Is it literally? Is it <laughs> metaphorically No, it is god? literally. They tell you you're a god. To play they? god in Populous, uh, to play a town planner in SimCity, and to play yourself in Alter Ego. No, wait. Yeah. Uh, alter Ego exactly. means Anne's you're right not here. playing yourself. It's interesting. Well, we'll come to that. Bazinga. I was playing Anne. Bazinga? <laughs> so uh, we'll go straight out to our panel, and we'll ask, how did you get on with them, Ed? You have a good week? Um, I had a good week on some of the games. Um, Populous, I struggled with. Um, it just made me feel quite stupid. And then I got angrier and just made, felt that the, uh, the people who designed the user interface were probably quite stupid instead. Um, Getting your criticism in early there. So that's a straight in with a zing. Actually, I kind of found it difficult as well. Um, but actually, I quite enjoyed it in the end. It was It was tricky just because it was clearly an interface made um, a long time ago but after countlessly kind of looking all over the internet for a manual which I then transcribed into a kind of handy photoshops manual for the group which uh, was kind of still quite basic I did actually really enjoy it in a weird way Early defence from Matt Keza, how did you get on? I found it more difficult this week to find thematic dif- uh, similarities between the three I, th- I thought mechanically, you know, Populous was difficult, SimCity was not difficult, Alter Ego was, you know, something different altogether, but thematically I couldn't really find the links between them this time. It'll be fun to discuss. David, how did you get on? Uh, okay, well, I loved Alter Ego. I thought uh, it was really good. Uh, SimCity, I love, I love, I, I'm still He's playing it. He's literally playing it. <laughs> uh, and 
Populous, well, yeah, I, I really wanted to like Populous when it first came out, and I downloaded it and I couldn't get it to work because of my computer. Soisty. Okay, well, we will be back after a little bit of music uh, and launch straight into a dissection of Populous. Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is One Life Left, No Continues. If you have any opinions on Populous, on Alter Ego, or on the other one... SimCity. You can get in touch with us by emailing... Team at OneLifeLeft.com. Or tweeting at... OneLifeLeft. We will read those and read out the very best of them, or indeed any that we get <laughs> um, and on the show, you know. Uh, that's if you fit in with our views, because clearly we have a, a very <laughs> we have an agenda. We have a very specific reviewing policy. Simon, how did you get on with Populous this week? Oh, uh, sorry. Before I, before you answer that, I should point out that that was uh, Black Panther by Hunter Rizzle. Sorry, Good. Simon. Um, I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed. I, I played Populous back in the day. Um, Which day was that? Uh, the 1989 day, um, and uh, yeah, I. I I don't remember it as being as bad as it was this time. I really struggled to get into it, actually, and it was funny um, looking at it with a fresh perspective because back in those days, um, you sort of just load Populous up, and I was looking at the PC version, and then just immediately it insults your eyes and your ears. <laughs> like the music, which was by Rob Hubbard, who is uh, one of the best video game composers, I think, um, certainly of 
the Commodore 64 era and the Amiga era. Um, it just kind of comes on and beeps at you, and so I found that quite off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, when, I went, when I got into the game again, um, I kind of wished... Uh, I, I looked back fondly on the days of the title screen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, it's just impenetrable. Uh, and I... It's funny. I mean, I know that... Um, it's kind of commonly regarded as the first god game and stuff and it's got a lot of interesting stories about how it was sort of designed by accident and all that sort of thing um and you know if you sort of fast forward from 1989 to now peter molyneux is getting baftas and stuff now i wondered whether um because back when i used to review sort of hardcore strategy games um there would be some that involved tanks and lots of different numbers and stuff like that that you just didn't really understand so you ended up giving them a sort of a middling mark or saying oh they're really good now I wonder if that's what happened with Populous in fact every, nobody understood how to no play it no one's ever played it and no one's told Peter <laughs> Molyneux this and he's accidentally got a BAFTA now because of this it's Molyneux's new clothes it is it is Molyneux's new clothes time to speak it's, out it's, it's, but maybe it is it's interesting though because you look on the net and if you're looking at any kind of game as influential as Populous there's at least like four or five retrospectives from you know respected writers who write about how good it was and how they connected with it none I looked around the internet none nobody <laughs> really? connected with Populous enough to write a lovely well written retrospective so what, on it what was everybody find. doing at the time then oh yeah, yeah well, brilliant Peter yeah we understand it as well I was mainly sleeping and crying in 1989 <laughs> so you, Matt you were having a better time you, you, you got on with it a little bit uh, I did I think I think I took it to be a challenge when the game did seem to be sticking its fingers up at me but I thought no I'm going to work out how to play you and I'm going <laughs> going to at least beat one level of the game particularly in the first level it says you know computer speed very slow computer speed very poor and I'm like alright yeah, but so, still so good enough to beat me what do you have to do in Populous what's right. the objective well unfortunately it's not a terribly good god game because mm. you can do lots of things like earthquakes and floods and volcanoes which didn't have any lava which I was actually very disappointed by mm. um, you can also make knights who will just go and bash the hell out of things willy nilly but fundamentally, I found that um, you're sort of a, a divine plasterer, and, uh, <laughs> and the key to winning every level of populace is to just try and make things flat. Mm. <laughs> and that sounds insane, I know, but it actually is. But I think that's what I like. Shaping about the it. land like a god, right? Absolutely, but, but making it flat, not shaping it, because shaping it makes it sound <laughs> as if it's this idea of God's creating mountains and rivers. Rubbing but no, out the land. God's getting rid of the mountains. You make it nice and smooth. Yeah. God doesn't like walking on hills, though, does he? Gets yeah. a bit tired. Up and down. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about it, though, black and white, which is arguably like kind of... Um, you know, a, yeah. a spiritual successor to it. I'm pretty sure that's what you did in black and white as well, which mm. is making things flat. Right. But there's something very pleasant about that. <laughs> I, I, I found exactly the same, that, you know, that's the core mechanic, is just shaping this, making everything neat and orderly. It's that tidying up you get in video yeah. games. Partially, that tidying up that's partially responsible for the success of something like Farmville, I think. Absolutely. Just clicking on, making sure you've got everything neat, everything in a row. It appeals to us, right? This fits in with my special theory about patterns being the biggest thing about video games you want to make nice tidy patterns that your brain likes it mm. sim city's the same as well as populous i think you just want to look at a nice tidy thing that you've put in order and that just makes you fundamentally happy on some some level so the objective is to make your land as flat as possible to increase the population mm-hmm. and to conquer another yeah because then they can make castles mm-hmm. and it reminded me a lot i think what i like most about it is i've always got very fond childhood memories of playing transport tycoon right where the cost of making railways on hills meant that whenever you saw a long stretch of flat things it was practically pornographic in terms of how excited you became about it you're like oh I can build a, a train station on that and it'll only cost me a couple of grand I've, um, I've so, seen people like you yeah <laughs> I've, I've got a problem um <laughs> 
But no, you are a god, and you have to make castles, and actually castles aren't that good, because they mm. take ages to make people. I discovered that the hard way, when I made about six castles, and I'm like, what am I losing? I've got six castles. <laughs> um, the only thing I didn't like about it, actually, and really didn't like, and it's something that really shows how far games have come along now, was the fact that you are supposedly a god. Hmm. However, your only purpose is to help facilitating your people by making them flat lands so they can build castles so that they can crush <laughs> everybody else. Hmm. And I just sort of thought, I don't know, maybe just, uh, things have moved on in 15 years, but I thought, well, what makes me a better god than the other god? Like, why can't... Why am I just killing them all? There's no option, and I think it's probably something that came about later, and I know that in the black and white games you have the option of you can convert mm. people, mm. so you can be this peaceful god. But the game, amusingly, kind of had a concept of good or evil, so every time I did a volcano it went, oh, you're a bit evil, and I thought, well, to be honest, regardless of my methods, <laughs> I'm making people powerful enough so that it can entirely exterminate another race of people. And you had a go at populist, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't really like it. I, I think I found out this week that I would rather be a town planner than either myself or a god. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just... The game itself I did not get into. I just found myself clicking, 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 making land go up, making land go down. Hmm. I didn't really enjoy it. Right, OK. Did you know what you were doing? Did you no. have any idea? No, I And did you know how to do it? Um, just by clicking, clicking, clicking. Right. Always clicking. Which I think comes back to Simon's point about the UI. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, can, you can see the constraints that it was designed within, because the actual playing area is really small. Like, mm. it looks really awkward these days. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, see, and they crammed a lot into a very, t very limited space. But, um, yeah, I think, I think generally games players then were more prepared to accept... Because, like, actually, to get a game running in DOS, you had to edit, like, system files and all yeah, that exactly. sort of thing. Like, so actually getting a game working was quite a challenge for nerds. <laughs> so next to that, the UI exactly. is beautiful, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, so I, think, I think it was for a different type of player then black and white i think despite my atheistic tendencies gave me a real sympathy for god mm. because you'd kind of you'd, you'd sort your village out and you'd give them a little bit of food and you'd be like okay guys you're sorted see you in a bit you run off you create a new town you run back by the time you get back they've forgotten how to farm because you gave them some food they're killing each other over rice you're like no what are you guys doing so you spend time sorting them out you run back to your other village they're killing each other you go away for five minutes i mean no wonder god abandoned us mm. if that's what it's like populists didn't really i mean it was god as landscaper is how i saw it god yeah. as guy who you know makes the land go up and down a bit it wasn't it didn't make me think about it didn't make me think theologically in the same way as black and I white was did a really incompetent god at first as well because of all the buttons uh, because of the buttons it's kind of hard to work out what they all did i was mm. sort of experimenting and for quite a long period my first few games of trying to beat the first level um, i was convinced the button i was pressing it looked like a man throwing something into the air and i thought oh it's right. planting its <laughs> seeds so i thought oh it's good and i was doing it all over my towns thinking oh it'll make them happier actually i was putting down deadly swamps <laughs> ah. um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, but but did you, you you know you say that the sort of power of this god is quite restricted? Does it sort of hint at the power of a greater god? You know, is this the first step in a lineage of god games which suddenly enables the player to live that dream of being an all-powerful deity? I think it definitely is the predecessor to all other god games, and it actually shows you the limitations. Mm -hmm. And in in black and white, you're basically constantly fighting against free will. Right. In populist, you're constantly fighting against the you know the natural world. Uh -huh. And if you know if you are even 
you, even if you are all powerful, you must spend a lot of time micromanaging. And it's very <laughs> difficult. I think it gives you sympathy. Maybe it's Peter Molyneux's way of explaining the great quandary of how we can exist in a world of sin and disaster. Hmm. So Simon's talking about the limitations of the technology in representing this uh, this view of God. You're take, talking about the actual limitations of being a god. How it's you know it's not all it cracked up to be. You're, the interesting thing is you are a god, but you're not actually omnipotent. You're there's a sort of a power bar in your wrist. You can only put down so many earthquakes a year or whatever the time period's meant to be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on from a joke I was about to make there. Um, I'm about to <laughs> but, um, but you, so you're, you, you can't, you don't kind of define the parameters of the world while you're playing. You can sort of define them outside of the, when you're playing the game because you can set up kind of the restrictions for yourself about whether you think that if you are, want to be a good or evil god. I think you can actually turn off certain features if you want to play good god. Something like I, I didn't get that far into it, I, but it, it looked like there were those options. But once you're actually playing it, you're not, you're not quite so much of a kind of a true god. You can't do anything you want to do. Which I suppose it wouldn't be much of a game if you. Well, could, quite. So. You need to have those restrictions, yeah. don't you? Those limitations to make a video game. So, is it possible to make a god game? It depends what your conception of God is. This I is think, getting heavy now. But. Yeah, I think actually my closest thing to a true God game, mm. I don't believe in God, but the closest thing is strangely Viva Piñata. Now that is a fascinating video game that we definitely should pick for some other week. <laughs> Basically, the thing that's fascinating about Viva Piñata is in the same way that all of Molyneux's God games are incredibly stressful, incredibly based on time management and going, ah, I've got to do all this stuff and everyone's dying and it's all going wrong. The differences in Viva, Viva Piñata is that happens and you think all oh, the animals are eating each other and killing each other all the time. This is mm. hell. And then you realise that that's the point, and you realise that you have to let the animals eat the little animals. It's creative destruction. Yeah, it's basically it's the circle of life, and big animals keep coming. And it's a shame when it ends because it can't keep going forever because it's a game. But you kind of realise after a while that although you love that cute little animal, and you've given it a name, you've given it a funny little hat, it's going to get eaten by something bigger. Um, but that's <coughs> fine because that's life, and it actually takes you quite a, a kind of standing back. Well, the, standpoint of accepting the, the bright, it. All. The bright colours do do quite a lot to the distract you from the essential existentialism of Viva Pinata, though. Mm. Very bright colours. And if maybe uh, if the PC back then had a bigger palette, uh, Simon would have got on better <laughs> with the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Didn't have enough colours for me. Okay, uh, that's Populous. We will be back after this uh, to talk about SimCity. <laughs>
Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. You can email in to the studio at team at onelifeleft.com or you can tweet at us. We are at One Life Left. Brilliant. So that was Populous. That yeah. letters be a god. Unpopulous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Molyneux on you. Um, <laughs> and now we're going to do uh, Sim City. Anne. Yeah. You had a nice time this week, I didn't you? had such a lovely time playing SimCity. Uh, tell us about SimCity. Actually, Simon's in charge of facts. When was SimCity out, Simon? SimCity was out the same year as uh, Populous, 1989. So you had um, Will Wright versus Peter Wong. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Ah. You should write that one down. Thanks. That can be in this year's stand-up set. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yes, this is Will Wright's SimCity. And yeah. what do you have to do in SimCity? So, you have uh, different things you can... So, so there's essentially land, mm-hmm. uh, land surrounded by water, mm-hmm. um, and you put stuff down. You make a city by yourself. You've got to build a city. You've got to build a city, and then people come and live there, and then you make it bigger, and you build them, like, places to go and hang out, and then you make places that they can go and work and more people come and live Bu- there building a city sounds like quite hard work it's literally not you just drag <laughs> and drop it really yeah really yeah somebody should tell the actual government that um so i was playing this on saturday when the uh marches and demonstrations were going on okay um and it created quite a nice sort of uh dissonant backdrop to my <laughs> to my glorious like oh i think i'll put um a, a stadium over there oh i a nuclear power station over there and it all worked lovely and when I put the taxes up too high people left and then mm. I put them down a bit they, they came back and there were some fires but you know I sorted all that out and that and it sort of all seemed to be working very nicely and then I looked up at the TV and people were angry <laughs> and I was like no you shouldn't put your taxes up so high <laughs> so do you think this has taught you a lot about how the world works yeah just drag and drop <laughs> David, uh, you liked SimCity so much, you were actually playing it as you came into the studio. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I really liked it, and I actually I, uh, I went out to buy it on Saturday, and, and I actually ambled into to, to the, the angry protests. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so that was, uh, it was uh, nice. Did you talk to the protesters? No. <laughs> tell, I, tell them what you were doing. I just, I just kind of grinned at them, and then I walked past, the, they were like these just police. Well, and were they smashing up game? What, I mean, what, what, what store were you going to? Uh, I was going to go to... HMV on okay. Oxford Street. And HMV's all right, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's, it's no Topshop. It's no Topshop. No, no. But, say, but, but, I mean, it's off topic, but I did like the fact they attacked Topshop first. It meant, if anything, they did have taste. <laughs> so, Anne, yeah. you've been playing this on PC, right? Yeah. And, David, you've been playing on... DS. Yeah. So you, you're familiar with SimCity Classic, right, the first version? Uh, I think I played it. Yeah. Um, but my dad had this other later version that had, that had video of... Uh, you know, just the actors coming up and quacking emptily. I'm just interested uh, to know how one, the DS version has changed, <laughs> yeah. that's all. I don't know, it's kind of uh, quite, you know, uh, 3D, but you've got, uh, you do all your planning on the bottom screen. Okay. So it's just drag, drag, drag. But it's still it basically there. the same game. You're given some land, you build a city, it rises, see, and then protesters tear it down I from the inside. I don't know, because I thought that the original one was, was two-dimensional. Have I got that completely mm. wrong? Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, this is three-dimensional. See, I... So, hadn't played the original before um, the first one I played was SimCity 2000 and playing the original I actually found quite limiting in that you're, you're basically you can put down some industri- an industrial zone a residential zone, a commercial zone yeah. you can put, a, you get like two types of power station yeah. and then, but beyond that there's not very much you can 
do in terms of in church choice. So in the later versions, the even within like a residential zone, you can say, okay, I want this to be high-rise blocks. I want this to be kind of um, a light residential area. Yeah. That bears sort of much more. Um, uh, for my, there's much more relation to how actual town planning works that you yeah. just decide what kind of thing you're going to be allowed to be built in this area. How did you sounds sounds like you're approaching building a city from a very analytical town planning sort of standpoint, right? Yeah, I guess so. Do you have a vision of your city before you start, or do you just start um, with some buildings and then build it up I mean, organically? I think around when that? I have played previous versions where there is more complexity, after a while, part of the fun of it is that you can get into it and kind of. Um, I remember people you could actually download maps that people made where they sort of recreate real cities like they'd make kind of London or Paris mm-hmm. and if, even for SimCity 1000 they had an add-on pack where you could um, get new textures so you could actually have like Big Ben and in your version of London if you really wanted to go that far and in some ways it's sort of I think some people play it as almost not so much as a game as a way just to kind of design, design an inter- way to design interesting cities. Right. It becomes a method of self-expression after a while, city yeah. builders, and I think that even from the first SimCity which isn't aesthetically anything like as, you know, vastly varied as modern city builders, it's about self-expression and you end up, like, the way that you build your city ends up saying something about you as a person, which mm. I find fascinating. There's this uh, MMO that I'm not sure if it's still going, but it was called Cities XL mm-hmm. and it was a huge city building MMO and the whole point was that you were supposed to be able to share what you're doing with the rest of the world and it was all part of one great big global network of cities and it was fascinating to see what people had done and that, I think that's that's the that, that's the point with SimCity is that in fact um, someone's done a study on it and actually the perfect city in SimCity is the most boring. Everything is ordered, mm. everything is to, everything is placed together, but no one does that. Although in fact anybody who does do that, I think that might be like pulling legs off a daddy off a daddy long legs. Like you, you're probably a serial killer if you do that. I, I read a solution in the games magazine to SimCity right, back okay. in the day, which said, right, here's what you've got to do, guys: place your two residential things surrounded by a road. Place your two commercial ones then do your industrial one just repeat that for the whole of the map win and Wait, just a way to suck the fun out of yeah it. quite it, it, and it really did for me because it meant whenever i was doing something from that point on i thought well this is less efficient than the sort of perfect game and it sort of it genuinely spoils you know, it and so what do you what do you think when you see a daddy long legs now <laughs> <laughs> i just I, I kind of agree that um the way you build a city is kind of a degree of like expression of, of your personality, mm-hmm. but I think it maybe says something about me that I've I've always liked the idea of playing SimCity games, but I've never been able to enjoy them. And I think actually that one of the games I, I did really enjoy was The Sims. I think maybe it's because there's there's less like importance in any of it. It's just like let's make a lovely superficial fluff house with pretty walls. Right. I think, I think I'm more that sort of person. Really. But I, I think when you start playing SimCity with less importance, when you stop playing it to win then it becomes more enjoyable. But do you ever win? Like, doesn't it just go on and on and on? Do you, like, it, it will never say, well then you won that. <laughs> so like it's it's completely different to so many other games in that you don't actually get to win it, you don't get to complete mm. it, you don't ever finish you just get more people living there and then they just live happily and then and then you lower the satisfaction though isn't it yeah Yeah. most modern city builder games do try and give you like here's a goal that you have to do and here's a story that we're randomly imposing upon you and it's like leave me leave me alone leave me alone and let me build my nice shops that look pretty in a row did you did you find and when you created your city that you grew attached to more you know different districts like bits of your city you enjoyed you know what were you trying to achieve when Um, you 
I guess I was just trying to get the money rolling in at first. Yeah. Because I needed to bankroll my airport. <laughs> um, I was really eager to get that going. Um, and then, yeah, I guess you do start sort of going like, well, I'm going to put a residential here next to a residential area here next to the trees, and I guess that's where my upper class families will move yeah, to yeah, yeah. when they've moved out of those high rises down downtown. <laughs> so yeah, I did start like creating sort of areas where I thought certain people would go and then I built around them and I was like they're going to be so mad at me and user creative narratives are always more affecting than the ones that you have placed on them right uh, placed on you so when you're told to okay because uh, SimCity I don't know which version but one of the early versions had like Monsters. various yeah, yeah. S- scenarios Godzilla's. so yeah. save uh, Los Angeles from um, uh, from an earthquake or save San Francisco <laughs> from uh, burning down and things like that Ruins it totally. Which were never, yeah, they were never interesting to me. Always more interesting was generating a random landscape and building some houses around a lake and then just building your city out from there. No plan. Writing your name in roads. (laughs) That too, of course. Maybe this goes back to the pulling legs of insects thing, but certainly as a child I did enjoy, after a certain point, I... um, so the, the first time I played some CG Thousand had sort of some progress in it. Like as you, you start off with um, basically a village sized thing, and as you got bigger, you more things like more options were opened up to you. You got more people, more money. You could build better power stations, better transport system. But then at a certain point, you've basically done everything, and then at that point, you just make the alien come in and blow everything <laughs> up for a bit. That's just like knocking the sandcastle over there, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. I remember playing, it wasn't SimCity, it was Roller Coaster Tycoon, but simulation games with my brother. And my brother used to enjoy making roller coasters that just sent the people off into oblivion in a screaming mass of flame. And this used to upset me so much that I would go into his games and fix all the roller coasters and sit there just watching everything go around happily and nice. On theme park, they used to end up in the corner of your park, and you wouldn't even notice until it said people in your park are very unhappy. And you think, why, it's wonderful. You've got (laughs) cheap food or... Well, everyone's happy, and then you find this mass of people stuck in the corner being like, we've been here for months. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, you say sandcastles, they call these things sandpits, don't they? That's... Yep. Yeah. Different that's different a dead end. That's <laughs> what that is. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> I have to remember that SimCity 2000 had a really weird sort of wind condition that you could get where there were... At a certain point, you got these things called arcologies, which were kind of big kind of tower blocks that contained like a whole city within themselves. And I think there was one type where if you put enough of them on the map, they would lift off into space and take your <laughs> residents away. Wow. Which was, uh... Can we talk about power? Because I'm interested in how empowered people felt by SimCity in comparison to Populous. Because I actually feel way more like a god in SimCity than yeah, I do in Populous. Yeah, I, 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 that was partly because of the tools that you had and the way that you yeah. could use them, I think. The, the Populous is quite restrictive in what you're allowed to do in SimCity. I think you, and it's, but what's, I think what is interesting is that they both originated in the same year and yet um, the principles still live on. And that you, we mentioned Theme Park, that's a Molyneux game. Um, but that's more like SimCity than, than Populous. I think I'm actually thinking about it. I'm actually, I think I'm actually a little bit scarred by SimCity because the only everyone's talking about their stories and everyone's got their nice little stories of their cities and their airports. I have one story in my head for SimCity, and that is being about six years old. My dad taking me through to his office computer and saying, "Oh, try this new game," and spending a whole afternoon trying to work it out and just being sat with this empty city where no one wanted to live there and it wouldn't tell me why. Being a constant disappointment to your father from then on. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it was just the fact that I I couldn't do it. But I guess, you know, it's kind of an adult game. I guess my dad was maybe hoping I'd be, like, turning some sort of genius, but I just put it all in big blocks. (laughs) I know. In fact, you just reminded him 
You know what? Like, <laughs> city planner, no chance. I might be a good plasterer. I, I definitely felt more like a god with populace. I think it's just something, there's something primal about that raising and lowering of land, you know, sinking whole continents into the sea. Whereas SimCity, placing buildings... Uh, I think that made me feel powerless, he though. sounds like he's I mean, a bad there's, god. There's a new, there's a new game called... Uh, oh, what is it called? What's it called? It's Eric Shahi's... Uh, oh, I've forgotten. Oh, From Dust. Eric Shahi's new game. And it's a game in essentially you're, you're god in it, and all you do is move sand about and try and build walls to stop the waves from killing all your people and stuff. And it makes you feel completely powerless against the hostile forces of nature. Doesn't mm. populace still do that? Um... I think that I guess because of the limitations that we've talked already uh, talked about already, the sort of inference of this power is uh, is something I'm projecting onto the game. So I wasn't projecting powerlessness. I was only projecting, oh, this is awesome. I can raise and lower land you rather than <laughs> this is awesome. I'm a weak, weak. You must deity. have found though, like it got to a point. I started to feel quite powerless and populist just because of the fact that unless you were very good mm. the enemy would keep expanding and you get to a point where they were really attacking you very heavily and you'd be like where are my knights and you've made all these knights and they're all just bashing huts and the other side of, and at that point you kind of want to be able to press a button and say come and defend your hometowns please oh absolutely but I, again i guess i i put that down to limitations in the interface and also the speed um, I found it very, very difficult, and the machine was slowing down all the time when I wanted to do things. And I would say, oh, well, of course, if everything was faster, if the map was bigger, if you know the interface was better, I'd be able to beat this guy. And besides, he's another god. There's no shame in losing to god or something. <laughs> true. You know, true. still makes me feel like a god, just a slightly worse god, which is fine. You try telling that to Dawkins. <laughs> um, so, SimCity. Any closing remarks, Anne, before we move on to um, SimCity? Is good if you like to make. Uh, well, you can't really make people happy because you don't get to see their faces. I think this is what, um, or maybe this is a bit too big for a closing statement, but... But why? But <laughs> why do we have to do it? Uh, but when we're talking about um, whether it's uh, it made us feel more empowered and more like God, well, it, I don't think it did, because uh, the whole I think the whole point of like a, a God game is that you have power over the people as well, because you've created these people, whereas in SimCity Classic, you don't see any of the people, you can only imagine them. So as a God, you don't get to really see the people. I think maybe that is what made populous i felt like more of a god in populous than in sim city because i could see faces great okay uh, back after this with alter ego
This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show, and this is No Continues, our book club for video games. So far we've discussed Populous and SimCity. What was your joke earlier, Simon? Which one? There have been at least two. The, the, the one about Will Wright and... Peter Wong. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, we were just having a chat about uh, The Sims, Kaza. Well, yeah, the, the Sims is very much... It's one of these things that very... You know, simulation games can show who you are, I think. And The Sims is very much like... Because generally there are two types of sim players. There's the type that makes themselves and just r- runs themselves through a perfect life and gets obsessive about it. And there are those that make lots of random strangers hideously deformed and then torture them to death in swimming pools. And, uh, and there is like either of those things are wrong. I, I quite myself and tortured myself. Okay, <laughs> I've never encountered that before. Ed. That's uh, that's troubling to me. In my uh, the, my first week working at Future in Bath, uh, I was in the pub with my colleagues, and Kieran Gillan came striding in, raised his hands aloft, and shouted, "I've just made two men kiss." <laughs> I remember there was a... Uh, my, he, my was, he was Sims. talking about The Sims, uh, I think. One hopes. One, one, so I was playing The Sims, I think I was about 13, when I, I think it was The Sims 2 or something, 13, 14, and I was in my cupboard, my, my family computer cupboard that we had, and I'd made my whole family, and I was very fastidiously detailed about this, and I was guiding them around, and my dad walked in, just looked at the screen, saw all these tiny versions, he just looked at me with horror, and said, what are you doing? And I couldn't really explain, I was like, look, Dad, it's you, and, my, and this is my brother, and, it's, and he, was, he just looked at me in this kind of terrifying fighting comprehension. Well, I think that your dad should be glad that he's not Kieran Gillen's dad because Kieran <laughs> Gillen would have made all his family kiss. Very wrong. And The Sims. And all those are. possibilities within lead us neatly to our final game, which is Alter Ego. Simon, do you have any facts about Alter Ego? Yeah, um, it was released in 1986 uh, by Activision. Look at them now. Look at them now. Look at what they've become because of this game. I paid a ludicrous amount of money for the female version of Alter Ego. Did you? Last year, I paid 80-something pounds for it. Did it come with a plastic peripheral? Um, <laughs> before, before we go into specifics about genders... That's a joke about Activision. Thank you. He's very good. Yes. <laughs> Just in case anybody thinks it's... That's, so, that's three for the show. I didn't that's mean... Like, that was a brilliant... No, yeah. an accidental... <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um, we should talk about what Alter Ego is. That was... By by the way, Ghosts and Stuff, uh, Dead Mouse cover by O2 Star. Who wants to describe Alter Ego? Who's enjoyed it this week? Keza. I've talked a lot, but I can do it. Um, Alter Ego is sort of a text adventure in which you play through your entire life from birth making decisions. And essentially what it does is it's a series of little text vignettes. So it's like the first one is like, you're crying, there's a lot of blurry stuff, what's going on? And you have to kind of decide what to do. And then uh, as the game goes on, you basically get presented with all these little situations and it breaks it up. It's not kind of one long, confusing narrative. You've got these little situations where you decide what you're going to do. And often it's kind of patronising. It's like, what would you do? Will you kiss the boy? Or will you not kiss the boy? And sometimes it's very, very obvious as are you going to do the good thing or are you going to do the bad thing and die lonely? So it's a, it's almost a text adventure, mm. um, but it's it's more like it's also a sort of multiple choice quiz thing, say, which yeah. guides you through no your puzzles. life. So did we all play Alter Ego? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 sorry to to it, 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 uh, to to, um, to an, uh, sort of describe it further. It's meant to give you an, a sort of full seven ages of your life, yeah, right? Seven uh, of your life. And you should begin as a baby, and then at some point during your life, you die. Yes. And and we should all. 
given the game, we should all had you know different resolutions to that, right? Yeah. Possibly. So did we? Did we all play Alter Ego? Is that yeah. fair? And did we all reach any kind of resolution? Yeah, I, I reached the resolution of stopping playing it. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I did play it. Okay. I, I played it for about 20 minutes. Okay, uh, so, um, Ed, what happened to you in Alter Ego? I got raped to death by a beef file. <laughs> it was really harrowing. You did, oh, that's awful. God. Okay, did, it, did that happen to anybody else in the room? <laughs> did that actually happen? Yeah. You, did, you went with the guy with the sweets. You never go with the guy with the sweets. What's wrong with you? Did no one do it? He was offering sweets. And it was sweets. Okay, oh. that happened to you, Ed. Uh, right. Matt, what happened to you in Alter Ego? I feel like I should tell someone where I've been touched now. Uh, oh, uh, this is taking a turn for the strange. I, um, I actually, I think I was a toddler. Okay. I was quite, because um, it gives you the option to skip ahead mm-hmm. through phases. So you can uh-huh. be a baby, you could be a toddler. I, I got to be a toddler. And I thought, you know what, this is nice. But, well, uh, the thing about it is, is it's, it's really, it's kind of nice. And what I like about it is that it makes you look at other people in an interesting way rather than yourself and one of the bits I particularly liked was when I was a little toddler or something it has a bit where it says your grandma's giving you this and you get the option and I smiled and said thank you and it Mm. said this is a wonderful moment for your grandma she will cherish and remember this memory for most of her life and I just thought wow because something I'm often in awe of as you get older is realising actually the influence you have on other people Mm. and I think you get to an age where you start to think First of all, you start to understand why your parents were irritating, but also you understand how hurtful you could have been to some of the things you've Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Uh, so you you didn't get past the toddler stage. I didn't. You no. died of ennui. I age. Got, I got age obsessed with populace for some strange reason. So okay, uh, Kaza, how far did you get? I died alone, but rich. Okay, it was pretty good. Sweet. How, d- how did you die? Uh, I think I was. I think I was Crossed old. by money. I was old. I think I just died. Of you old just age died. Eventually. I mean, I got I got to the old person before I died. Were you which, happy? Uh, I'd, oh, well, that's for that's for I don't know. I, I guess personally, I wouldn't be happy if I died alone, but rich. But did I you play it honestly was. all the way through? Did you no, try? And- I tried at first, but every single time I've played Alter Ego a lot over the years mm-hmm. because it was one of the first games I ever found interesting. Sure. And um, every single time I played it, something different has happened. And usually, when I try and play it honestly, it's quite boring because everything kind of goes right. Right. Because I, I kind of figured out that you don't take the sweets from the paedophile, and I figured mm-hmm. out. So the first times I played it, interesting stuff would happen. But these days, I, I try. I try and not play it honestly because I think I've got like muscle memory of what the right answers Is are. Is that honest though? I mean, would you have taken those sweets? Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely, definitely not. Did any, would anyone take sweets from a stranger? Surely that's something everybody knows not I to do. I was so told not depends. to. In fact, I did call the police once when some some adults offered mm. us some sweets. Um, in retrospect, I realised they were probably just students messing around. <laughs> um, but ruin their lives. I, well, <laughs> they're on the down, register. You know, they shouldn't have done it. Uh, David, what happened to you in Alter Ego? Uh, okay, sorry. I uh, yeah. So I played it for about three hours on mm-hmm. Saturday morning, and my man or my young man, he kind of became like a jock. Like he was very, believe it or not, he was very intelligent. He was the fittest, like most physically healthy man you could con- conceive of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's very depressed. So it was a bit like uh, Fred from Scooby Doo, but just mm-hmm. really. Really, really down, uh, and then he just kind of flim flam, just flailed through a number of uh, empty, meaningless relationships. Uh, panicked. Um, Did you marry someone? Uh, yeah, I married. I, I was really hoping to, to to marry Antoinette. She was fantastic, yeah. uh, but uh, no, she dumped me because I wasn't getting on with her parents. Oh, really? And then that's when I started flailing. Then I eventually met Alison. Yep. Honeymoon. Second uh, choice. She. She was like the seventh person I went out with. 
but, but she came off on, on the honeymoon. It says uh, Alison walks in wearing a turtleneck flannel set of pajamas. She's terrified of sleeping with you. Uh, so uh, at, at the end of this long um, sterile marriage, we didn't have kids. Um, I, I joined the senior sluggers baseball team mm. and died of a heart attack. Oh this is turning into the. the Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Confessions. Uh, Anne, what happened to you? Um, so uh, I stopped around adolescence because it got a bit too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> the screen where it says like this bit contains sexual content, content I was like, okay, that that's kind of gross and then it started getting a bit real and I was like no these were choices I actually had to make as a like teenager yeah. I don't want to make them this is pretty horrific you see I agree I think that w- one of the things that this game does very very well is captures the essence of those moments like and it really made me flash back to several moments as a teenager and as a younger adult where you do have to make those decisions but it's like it's quite uh, very strongly moral about it, so you know when you've made the wrong decision. So if you do let, so if you if you are playing as a child and you do let the uh, boy play doctors on you, you're pretty sure that's not going to end very well. But I did, and it did end well. Oh, yeah, did same. it? Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah, it changes like uh, depending on the kind of person you are. I think uh, it gives you a slightly different outcome. Yeah, I, I, think- I played it a few times. <laughs> I played it with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. So I liked I- it so much on Saturday as well. So did anyone notice the black G-string motif? Mm-hmm. It's a signal that's like sexy. It's it's like uh, it's the the the, the symbol of. Uh, it's of like the red sex. triangle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, okay. uh, numerous times, so I played it with my friend uh, John, and uh, yeah. So I married someone. And she turned up in the the flannel pajamas, mm. and John married someone. And it says she she comes in like wearing this this black G-string. Right, um, okay. Does John exist, David? <laughs> John, John, does he? Is <laughs> he just another alter? Yeah, he's my friend John. This is like uh, so this is interesting. Club. I because I, I found it very very slow paced and I didn't think it was going. And I got as far as gobbing on a relative, like drooling in their mouths, because that's that's what my son has done, not to me or whatever. And, and I just it was going quite slowly, so that's why I stopped. Mm. Um, but I might go back to it now. I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, because I, I, I was playing it and I was comparing it to Photopia that I know I was a bit down on last week, even though maybe I didn't quite understand the story. So I was comparing it to that. Yeah, no, I was comparing it as well, but, and I thought I preferred Photopia. That's See, why I sort of stopped this. I preferred Alter Ego, and I think it was because of the closed questions. It kind of makes it a perfect game. There's like no room to blunder into, you know, just uh, mashing out on the keyboard trying to work out what you should be doing. Because sure. it was closed, it, it felt like a self contained experience. The only time it jarred, I thought, was uh, occasionally because I would I would often choose uh, what would your reaction be mm-hmm. what's your mood and I would say calm or impassive but then I would do something quite violent like throw something out of the queen and it said that's not appropriate you can't do that I thought well you know conflict. if I'm completely dis- di- di- dis- uh, you know if, if my emotions are completely dissociated then mm. it's uh, an utterly appropriate response but sure. I wouldn't let me do it yeah, I, I, one of the things I found, I, I think Anne said it's a, it's a very moral game, and sometimes the answers it gives do seem to subscribe to a certain philosophy, but other times they seem almost random. Usually the, the, the sexy bits, when you're an adolescent particularly, you know, you get these things, and you have this... It's very strange, because, as Anne was saying, these kind of decisions you do have to make. And um, there's there's a moment where in, in one of the playthroughs I did where there was this kind of... This, this guy who was being a bit a bit heavy, and I usually kind of, through playthrough, would, would go absolutely thinking the game wouldn't want me to I'd be like no no I refuse but you know one time I went actually no I don't and it turned out my character really enjoyed herself so that was quite interesting when you were playing this (laughs) so so Katie you implied 
think you've played this over many years? Has yeah. it has it changed? At yes, all? it's it's actually really has changed because it makes you think. It makes you think quite a lot about what life what life is about because. You know, you play it differently, and if you're being honest with it, you play it differently as, as the years go by. You know, when, but, I, when I was a teenager, I was basically just trying to have sex with everyone who would have sex with me. Now I kind of try and look at other areas of life as well, and I'm like, well, maybe this stuff's but, more important. But has like so, has it been like refined over that time, or is, or is, is the text are, are the rules still the same since 1986 as the versions you've been playing? I believe so. Right. Yeah, I mean, the first, the first, I always played it online. It was um, a version online that was just an emulated version that you can find online. I believe it's a version of one playing right and yeah playalterego.com yeah. yeah and uh, that's i don't think changed i don't think they've updated it i feel i feel like i've, I've uh, yeah same same as some really i feel like i've kind of misjudged this really yeah we were harsh weren't um, we? You know, well i think actually i misjudged it and i didn't i think actually i kind of did see it coming a little bit when we had the kind of self-help um, session earlier and the fact that I kind of thought this is interesting but it just felt a bit too real I wasn't I just thought this is it too is real for me it is definitely and uncomfortable the thing is what I like about games like The Sims is I can play it as real mm. I can go for the career but then if it all starts to get a bit dark and miserable I can have a three way in a hot tub with two old men and, go, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that about mm. games um, games are supposed to be escapism and Alter Ego really isn't yeah. it's very much like this is life you die suddenly and horribly for no reason it's sometimes it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it is awesome, though. I think that's really good. Games don't do that. Yeah. And they should. Do it more. After please. my initial terrible experience, I wanted to go back and see if I could get a bit further in life without something terrible happening to me this time. God, but so, I, so I skipped through um, the first few stages because it does allow you, if you want to just go straight ahead and just become a teenager, or I guess if you want to just become an old person. Um, but doing that, it did feel a bit like I was cheating, basically. Mm. Like I got so- somewhere without it's actually a, having to suffer. I a, should have to suffer through. It's a really but, slow-paced game. Yeah. Uh, especially at the start the the first two sections I think maybe even the first three sections aren't very interesting I don't know I think even as a baby it makes you because it's like it says it, there's, it's very blurry there's not there's some colours what do you want to do and you're like you know reach out towards colours and you pick up a thing and it's like you've learned from the soft texture uh, they, of this. and yeah, that they, makes you think about what babies I agree do. There, there is there's stuff there and I found it sort of vaguely interesting but I didn't find that it was making me like the the later sections where it would say something and I would reflect on my own adolescence and you know it would like you say make me uncomfortable um, when it's talking you know and it's quite clever it's talking about oh you're a baby you discover your hand for the first time or you drool on someone or you giggle it's for a start my choices feel a bit more arbitrary because I can't reflect and say oh what would I have done then because I have no idea um, and and secondly you know like I say the the, the Moral choices don't seem as stark either. Uh, I don't feel like I'm learning. Actually, I mean, like, who wants to reminisce about? I mean, actually, if you, if you're being honest, the stuff in the future from mm. your life, you ha- can't really relate to because you haven't got there yet. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You just sort of like becomes a bit arbitrary. If you're going through stuff you've already done, like, I think, who likes looking back on decisions? It is unpleasant. But I, but I do think that those sections, even though they're slow, are necessary, like Ed sort of implies, to sort of almost get affectionate, you know, to, to bond with your own character, yeah. right? Although some bits didn't, like, so very early on, like, the first move you get to make in the game is this decision about whether you stay in the womb or not. And that felt like a bit like, that's not really yeah, a decision that's, that's yeah, no, on. It's really yeah, bleak. If you stay you in the womb out. too long, your, you ha- your mum has to have a cesarean section. And just because your mum will resent you for the rest of your life. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> that effect. Yeah, yeah I, I came out early with breathing dif- difficulties. It's like, thanks. That's the way I was just going is. south. It doesn't Do you know feel I mean? like there's a right decision, and if if you mm. if you make it wrong, then 
I, I, but life's like that you're sometimes. You're a bad person. I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, I quite like the sort of random nature. I know that at some point during the game I made a decision that I thought was right, and the game basically said, yeah, that was the right thing to do, but still you lose points in all of these attributes because, hey, life is like that. And I thought, yeah, f- you know, fair play to you. But I, I do think it needs those first sections, you know, to make the later sections feel so close, you know, I, make you feel so close to those later sections. I did like some of the, the, the decisions that, so, so, some for probably the same reason I ended my first life quite badly I was deliberate sometimes I just deliberately picked the what looked badly. like the wrong answer when I was taking a girl out on a date and um, her father was sternly saying things like oh are you going to look after her and one of the responses was something along the lines of yeah I'm going to look after her real well if you know what I mean Papio and then I was expecting him to sort of punch me in the face or something but no he just it says like oh he laughs and respects you being a I, I thought the game. I thought it was quite funny as well. The game. Yeah. I thought it was well written. Um, I, I know we talked a lot about that in relation to Photopia last week, um, but I think that it it's written by. Much. It's written by. A, yeah, exactly. It lets you uh, fill in the gaps, which I think is something we were talking about with uh, Populous and SimCity as well. Projecting your own narrative onto this, filling in the gaps yourself, is obviously more effective. In this case, it's projecting your own memories onto the sort of glimpses of psychology uh, it gives you. It was designed by a psychologist, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Isn't supposedly it's based off interviews as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. I guess he asked people a load of questions and. That is what an interview is. is. That doesn't surprise me, <laughs> yeah, actually, though. Yeah. <laughs> I wish people still did this. I mean, things. I studied psychology at uni, and I was particularly interested in developmental psychology with children, and I did notice throughout the, the baby stage and the toddler mm-hmm. stage, it kept having bits, and I'm thinking, yeah, these are like, all these, like, Chomsky's key stages and stuff, like, right. the stuff like the mirror and recognising yourself, it's like all of these very key stages, and I kind of did think... Somebody's been reading some books. You see, I, I found a lot of the sort of interface stuff, that map of the thing, I, that went over my head for quite a while. I didn't understand what I was doing, how I was progressing that. In a similar way to Populous, I guess. Like, when I was faced with this thing for the first time, I had no idea what I was doing. I guess the difference with Populous is it was obvious what I had to do, which was just click an answer, and I would feel my way through it, which goes with the game a, a bit like being a baby i guess i thought i thought for a second like you know you know on the online version you have to log into google mm. i thought maybe all the answers were being fed to google so they could modify google ads <laughs> what a great idea ed what ads did you get okay we'll have one more piece of music and then we'll be back uh, to reflect and to talk about next week's games
you're listening to One Life Left, No Continues on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Brown Eyes by Trey Ferry. You can find that on 8bitcollective.org. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. Or you can tweet at us. At onelifeleft. This will be going up as a podcast, hopefully, if someone's recorded it. I haven't. Um, We will be doing it again next week, though, and next week's theme will be... Platforms. Platforms. We had a long debate about what games we're going to do. Steve, all of your, all of your guests are corpsing. That is, that is what this is called. And yet I'm not. <laughs> because after 150 episodes of doing this, I know better than to look at them. Yeah. Give us a heads up with titles like that. <laughs> we are going to do platform games next week. Yes. And we're going to do Chucky Egg. Brilliant. BBC oh, Micro what? Game. 8 bits. Yep, what else? Have you played Chucky again? No, never. Right. And we're going to do... What was the other one? Super Mario World? Yeah. Classic Super NES platformer. Oh, Sorry, Su- People laugh at us when we say Super NES, don't we? When... SNES. 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 Super SNES. Famicom platformer. Uh, and we are going to do Knit Stories. Is that about knitting? It is not about knit story. Uh, it is about knit stories, not about knitting. Uh, you'll be able to find links to all of those on... Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, com. Uh, and uh, hopefully join with us and play and express your thoughts as you've so eloquently done this week. Yes. Uh, we didn't have any live tweets. Really? Poor show, people. Poor, poor, poor show. Game. We need to play the games. So, uh, do we think we've... Um, We've uh, we've reached any conclusions about uh, god games, simulation games? I don't know about the lateral, para- the lateral kind of theme here. What's the thing that links these three games? Well, the thing uh, that links these games is empowerment. Empowerment as a god, empowerment uh, mm. as a city manager or on a small scale, and empowerment over yourself or an alter ego. Uh, I think this is the peak of uh, civilization. Really? Yeah, like, like, yeah because 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 uh, I, had, I had a thought, but I don't know if I'll get enough time. You've I'm got, not gonna say it you've got a, bit, a minute. A bit, Go. uh, okay, so you had the book, the original mm-hmm. uh, entertainment. Uh, someone writes it, you, you read it, you use your imagination to create a world based on what you're shown. Then the next step up, you've got interactive fiction, like Photopia maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other games. And then at, at the very top, at the very top, you have uh, God Games, yeah. So, and it's all about uh, uh, creativity, um, imagination, um, self-imposed. Which, which self-imp- of- yeah, self-imposed narrative. Yeah, it's 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 the end of the Enlightenment project. Which of these games made us as a group feel more empowered? Uh, alter ego. Alter ego. Was because Ma- you can have you have free will on alter ego, but you're in the other two. You're setting up free will for other. You're setting up a world in which other people have free will. Matt, um, I don't know. Sim City. Alter ego. Alter Sim City Ego. Uh, Sim City. I'm going to download Alter Ego for the Android phone, though. Okay, brilliant. Uh, thank you all for listening to us this week. Uh, we will be back next week. From everyone in the studio, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. And okay, bye. from me as well. See you.